Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us TAFE extraordinaire, Mr. Eli Hedges, Robert Whitaker, and James Tahuna, MMA pioneer from both New Zealand and Australia. Welcome, James, and thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't know. I guess we, Rob and I were talking about this uh, just just while before we were eating. Uh, what's the transition like been for you from fighting to not fighting anymore? Uh, that was pretty hard, man. Uh, a lot of athletes have that problem transitioning from you know, pretty much, especially if you had a long career in in your sports. Um, I've got a few other friends that have you know finished up in the NRL and. You know they've had a long career in, in sport, gone straight from, you know, high school straight into professional sports, and then spending like 15, 15 years in that professional sport, and then finishing up in their mid thirties and thinking, fuck, <laughs> what's going to happen now? You know, yeah. so you got to use your next few years trying to find out what your path is, and um, yeah, move on from there. I think it's something people take for granted a lot. Like I look at, because I always think of this, like just always working in. Um like this corporate kind of environment and just dealing with like just the shit you have to deal with with people like you know office politics and all that shit and I think it would be hard as well like even for a young guy like I know you worked in that during your career but I think from a, for a young guy that would have just finished high school never dealt with a workplace never had to do anything gone straight into being a professional athlete and then dealing with that for, for a prolonged period of time and then trying to come out into the workforce that's that's different that's, yeah, that's really really different um, another thing we were saying was what about your because I, I noticed it too like when Rob and I were both saying like like it was like almost like a switch turned off because I, I, I've known you for a long time and like you're always very nice very polite but I could always feel like you were kind of like on edge during your fight career and uh, I don't know if you knew this you might be turning around and going, what the fuck no not me <laughs> um, but then like the, the change in your personality was pretty big did you notice that or have other people ever spoken to you about it Oh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely the... Everyone's you know. coming out of the woodwork now, calling <laughs> you out on it. Uh, just a release of pressure. Um, just learnt to um, open up myself a bit more about things that have happened in the past and, you know, the, the reasons why I've gone into martial arts and, and this and that. Just being able to talk and share and open up more about, you know, certain things that have happened along your journey. How how um when you say the release of the pressure, what are, what are we talking about? Sorry, um, you know one thing I remember. I remember this. I just fucking it was funny. I was talking to Ty about it, talking to Rob about it. I remember um it was one time we were talking. Um, I think it was at your brother's gym, and I hadn't really ever spoken to you too much about it. But somebody had been trolling you, and I remember you took it like real fucking like like and I like I didn't want to say like fucking just it's alright James but did you ever find that guy because you were talking about finding him oh man there's been I, I don't know who you're talking about but there has been a few and I guess um, yeah man that shit like that really got to me at that time um, how much James like the trolls because I, I read like I read them about like Rob and that the trolls like we had Bam Bam on the show the other day and yeah. like they both fought they both won and then some somebody put and fair enough, good on good at least they listen to the podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wrote, Oh, 
as if you'd have two guys that just lost their last fight, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and I think, like, even if they lost, they'd still be on the show. Who gives a fuck if they lost or not? Yeah, but they yeah, didn't. Yeah. You remind me after this just to tell you about the last trolling story I had last night that almost made me cry. It's the worst. <laughs> but no, continue. So, yeah. Oh, there's some, there's some bad ones out there, eh? Oh. I mean, you'll get certain ones, but then another one that will, you know... <clears throat> Go towards your family or something. I've had, I've had those ones. It's, it's oh, people talk about your family. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, well, fuck them then. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you yeah. caught up with them, yeah. you, you should see some people like when I have photos of Sophia or whatnot, or they there's articles of me and Sophia in it. They just start hammering her, and like I, I know what this. Are. If you if if you if you're trolling me on a thing, on a on a post or on a on a on a forum, it's I'm not too fussed about it. Like you. It's easy to deal with people being aggressive towards me. I'm used to that. Like I can breathe that stuff in. So, but it's the obscure ones that get me the worst. Like, like the other day, um, yesterday, I was going through some some guy messaged me. It wasn't an accepted message. It was like a private message. Pressed me. He goes, "Hey man, I don't care who you are, but stop bullying X, Y, and Z. You, I'm sick of this. She's just a small girl. How dare you? I don't care if you're champion of the universe. I'll put a bullet in your head." I was like. I'm not bullying anyone. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and that hit me so hard because I was like, I went straight to Sven. I was like, babe, I have to, I have to accept this and tell this guy I'm not doing it. It's not me. Someone set me up. <laughs> and Sven's like, no, nah, he's just obviously trying to get your attention. And I was like, who would do this? Who would go in such a roundabout way to get attention from someone? With you, James, did it affect you more? Because, you know, wait, wait, sorry, one other thing. Sorry, I've cut you off about eight times in this thing. I'm usually not like this. Don't judge me in this alone. But I think for us, it's a little different as well because we still remember it, there not being as much social media, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, Like, like our, our age group kind of thing. And then our age group was funny because it went from no social media to, smack to fucking yeah. heaps of it. Yeah. And I remember that conversation because... And, and I didn't even think, like fuck James get over it I thought more like I'm glad it's not me you know because you were like le legitimately angry about it like yeah I, probably, yeah, I would have been um, I guess you know as you're talking about before you know going straight from no social media into Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and whatnot. Um, at that time man we didn't have I guess um, too much information on how to deal with these um, situations uh I guess you know what I mean, but now like you know, next generation coming through, they have a little bit more info on how to you know. They they yeah, it's funny because the whole thing is like um, the accessibility. Like say if you when you're in high school, like if you for for us, like if you had if you liked a girl and you had a photo of a girl, like that was already like thing. But now you can just go. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was it was a big thing because you'd have to take the photo and take it to the fucking thing and. But now, like people, you just have millions of photos of people up on Facebook. But the way that people deal with stuff is totally different. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. it, there's accessibility, but people know how to how to deal with that accessibility, I suppose. Yeah. Um. You you touched on how you got into martial arts. Uh, just a n number of reasons. Um. So I guess you know I had my role models and people that are really inspired me. They grown up through the eighties, early eighties, early nineties. Mike Tyson and um, David Tour, heavyweight boxer. But uh, you know, I was a shy, quiet kid, um, emotionally impaired. 
uh, you said emotionally impaired. Yep. Can you explain that? Uh, yeah. So had a had a bit of shit that was going on when I grew up. Um, so my father, when he was twelve years old, um, he was around when his his father murdered his mum and then suicided. So your grandfather, your paternal grandfather. Yeah, yeah. So Can my dad. So um, yeah, my dad. He experienced that when he's 12 years old. His mum that he loved so much, his, his father murdered the mum and then he took himself out. Um, my dad was 12 years old, uh, traumatised, heavily traumatised. For the next few years he was passed on a family but you know he was unwell, he needed help, he was you know, needed, needed a lot of support. Um, next few years he bounced around from town to town and went out on his own and a few years later he met my mum. So he would have been what, 17, 18? Yeah, 16, 17, yep. Yep, met my mum. And uh, that's when me and my brother, my older brother came about. The miracles happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as we were growing up, you know, there was... Uh, Cause, so your, your parents had you guys relatively young. Yeah. And on a timeline of this, this would have been like not, not even 10 years after the, the, the death of his yeah. parents. Yep. Um, yeah, so as we were growing up, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, heavily traumatised and he needed help. He did get medical care, but in those days too, and still it's probably happening now, you know, people being misdiagnosed and, mis- you know, this and that. And, um, yeah, every every month or two, he'll have uh, an episode, and these episodes were quite uh, uh, quite big. Um, outside of those episodes, man, he was the best dad you could have, man. I had heaps of fun times growing up, tons of fun times, and then a lot of uh, pain and suffering as well. Um, but those times that we, he would have those episodes, um, that's heavily imprinted in my mind, and you know, that's scarred me for life. It's something that I have to always find ways to manage. Yeah. And martial arts was an outlet for that? So martial arts was a, uh, yeah, definitely an outlet. Um, I learned from an early age what um what you know physical and emotional pain felt like, and it just felt that, that I had these chains around me, you know, throughout my primary school, primary school years, throughout the high school years, um, being hurt, being timid, um, just you know, scared little kid, man, had a lot of fear, tons of fear. Um, and the times when Wild Man would have those episodes, uh, you know, I quickly found out that, you know, having fear against something is, uh, is something that you have to really, really try and um, um, find ways to be able to cope with it, you know, and I, I found a way to cope with it, I found a way to cope with fear, I found a way to cope with uh, pain, suffering and discomfort. And... Um, that method uh, helped me, I guess, uh, it would have helped me um, handle the pain and suffering a little bit more better, manage it. Your brother, Tama, is, who's also been a pioneer in martial arts in Australia and whatnot, he's, he's I've met, like I've known you both for a long time, he's, his personality is quite different to yours. Would you say he's the more outgoing? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so he's um how did he handle that? 
because he was older than you. Yeah, he's older than you. Yep, he was older. So, um, you know, he was, you know, being the older brother, he's always, you know, going to look after his his uh, younger brother and his mum. So whenever those episodes went down, he was a, you know, he was the first one to get it because he's a, you know, his older brother. But um, he was the first one to to go get help, which is, you know, what everyone needs to do when when they're in that situation, run and get help. So while he was away getting help, there's certain things that I went through too that I don't think that he knew about as well. Um, yeah. And uh, how old were you when you started martial arts? Uh, I would have been, say, 13, 12, 13 years old. We moved to another, we settled in another town. There was a boxing gym there, so we yeah, signed up. Signed up down there and started uh, started training and started getting amongst it. Um, one of my guides to moving to martial arts was uh, my grandfather on my mum's side. So my grandfather would see every year, would spend school holidays with, and um, you know he was someone that I really looked up to. He was a World War Two vet, and one of the many stories that he has, he was a boxing champion on a on a um, big large ship carrier carrying like 2,000 soldiers over to Italy and um, he was a boxing champ on that on a ship <laughs> on a ship yeah that's a good effort <laughs> yeah 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 so um, you know he definitely inspired me to move into martial arts and he was someone that I wanted to um, to become as well and uh, yeah started off my martial arts career boxing career so did you did you have fights straight away did you uh, fight straight away no so I um, you know, started training I was it was quite hard but I was I was used to it you know I was used to that pain used to that discomfort and it didn't really discourage me at the time because you know I've been through it for so many years early on so um yeah it just uh I, I stuck at it until I got better I trained every day I got better um I had my first fight lost didn't really you know hurt me as much because, because I thought you know I, I jumped in the air I I may have taken a loss, but I've you know learned something that day. It was you know I would have got myself better, and next day I'm gonna the next day is a, a, another day, and I'll get better again. And um, yeah, just stuck at it, man. I started seeing myself grow as every day went by. What's your what's the relationship do you feel with your martial arts and like the ability for emotional expression for you moving forward? Ah, uh, I was able to. Um, Martial arts was definitely able to um, let me or help me with my management, with my emotions, being able to deal with you know those negative emotions, which is important. I mean, there are negative emotions that are important, but you need to learn how to manage those emotions too. Um, so it played a big part, man. Played a big part along my journey. Uh, did you have like anger issues as a kid growing up? Oh, yeah, I had a, uh, I had a temper on me. Um, you know, shy, shy, quiet kid, and didn't speak out or anything. Or didn't open up about my feelings or, or this, and, this and that. Um, so I had a lot in. I bottled up a lot, and um, you know that did come out every now and then. And martial arts was a, definitely an outlet for that. And your your brother was he more aggressive than you? Was he more? Like uh, how, how, what? Like so? So there was James 
at home or James in in that in that thing. Then there was James at school and dealing with stuff. And yeah, you, you're saying you're a quiet, more timid kid. Was your brother your brother being more of an outgoing person? Yeah. Can I? I'm just gonna guess this. Was he like? Just even looking at him, so would he have played like on the football team? Would he have been the more popular of the two of you? Oh yeah, up? definitely, man. He is. Oh, um, <laughs> there should be a category like that on Jeopardy. <laughs> he was a lot more open, you know. He was a. Um, he was on the, was he like the captain of the football team kind of cat like that kind of? Oh, dude? like he's definitely a leader, you know. Yeah. Um, That's how I picture him. Yep. In school, he was a leader. You know, he was someone that took charge. He um, he opened up a lot. He didn't hold nothing back. You know. Um, and he was a talent as well, you know. He never uh, too many thoughts on, on his mind, and which I did. Yeah. Did um? Do you get any questions, Eli? Or go, please. So, um, would you say that you you going into your fights, it was an emotional outlet for you? Like, do you think you were an emotional fighter, or? or? Uh in the um. No, I guess in the beginning, I, I wasn't, eh? In the beginning, I didn't use my emotions or anything, you know? It was just, um... Man, I, I, I had my goals. Um, I knew how to, how to manage my emotions, keep them at bay. Um, towards the end, though, like, certain things that really get to me and my emotions started coming back in, into play in the last five years of my career. And then I started forgetting how I used to um, manage those emotions. It's hard, yeah. I can, I can imagine because a lot of people don't realise this, but what happens outside of the octagon affects you inside the octagon, and vice versa. So um, I, I can I can see how, how something like that would would happen. Um, I think it's something that a lot of fighters, and you know, you're you're voicing it now, but I think it's something a lot of fighters don't really understand is how they are as a fighter, like whether they're emotional. And how their emotions play a toll in inside the octagon. It's like kind of, kind of finding out who you are in a raw sense in in, in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. What tools did you use <coughs> to manage your emotion and whatnot at the beginning? Yeah, look, and and how did you get how did you get access to understanding how to use those tools? Oh man, I think it was at a very early age, man. Like especially with pain, eh? Like you come into pain, you come in with fear, you resist. It ain't gonna go nowhere. It's gonna hang around for a long time, you know. Um, what happens if you don't resist? Pain. Yeah. Please tell us. Yeah, like if you don't resist pain, if you find yourself at at peace with pain, um, if you find yourself in the the present moment, you know, you you you're being, you you accept what is, um, let your guard down, um, you be able to you're able to make uh, progress from there. So that was something that I learned from an early age was to um, being able to let go. So so do you, do you mean let go? Uh, I'm, I'm looking something up because I just had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a psychologist before this, not because I thought James neat. No, just, but it was funny that you say exactly that because they, they sent me a model of um, behaviour stuff and you, it's what you're saying, but please go on. Yeah, so um, I guess having that fear, man, a fear of pain too was... Um, yeah, for me, it was being able to let go and just accept what is. And then I was able to... Um, but how did you... You knew that viscerally. Did, how did you process that intellectually? Did you did you see someone to speak to at all, ever? No, I just tried it. My, my, you know what it was? It was like off a particular episode where, um, you know, I was being hurt and just, you know, 
thought to myself, okay, this is going to go on for a little bit more. What if I just do exactly that, accept what is, and and see what happens? And then all of a sudden, didn't really affect affect me as much. And I just thought, okay, well, you know, I don't have as much fear as what I used to. I'll just um, try and you know practice that or use that method for the for anything else that's going to happen that I'm going to run into in my life, you know. And that helped me with uh, the pain and discomfort of and the the unknown of um, getting into martial arts too. That that a lot of people are afraid of. Yeah. One of the things that the 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 model that my friend sent me was uh, uh, the mindful compassion model. And uh, it's like three steps. And the first one is um, being, I accept this situation. So being whatever the situation is that you're in. And it doesn't have to be physically violent. It can just be like, fuck, you're arguing with a dickhead at work, you know. Um, I accept myself in the situation. So, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. And then um, I trust I can navigate it. Uh, and I think what you're saying, like, that's why when you said that, I thought that's like, pretty high order thinking because like i think a lot of people get to that but they get to like maybe later in 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 life and i think well your thing's probably you had to either get it or you weren't going to get it yeah yeah um so you you you're able to take those tools into normal day-to-day life is that yeah well it's something that i'm back on and i'm I'm back on a horse with it I'm, i'm practicing it now um it's something that I went through uh, two months ago with my puhoro, my tamoko, my uh, tattoo. It's um, yeah, it just made me think. Man, the first couple of days of the process, it's a it's a full on process that that can take months. Is it similar to the Samoan tattoo? Yes, yeah. Um, it can take months to um, to complete, uh, but I put mine out in five days, back to back, straight days. It was pretty much, you know, have breakfast, have your kai, have your food, get on the table, end of the day, jump off the table, rest, and then back on the next day. Um, but the, for the first couple of days, man, it was um, pain, man, hearing that hearing that gun, he- hearing that, that needle, you know, buzz, bzzz, and I'm like, wow. Constantly. <laughs> Were you getting, like, the, the sweats and the... Oh, I was getting everything, the man. The, the words, man. Like, yeah, for the first couple of days, I was jumping off the table and I was my body was in shock, you know. I was, yeah. It's full on. And then the, the, the artist and the the two helpers are like, you are right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be right. Oh, just jump in a hot shower. Just make sure you get some, you know, warmth into you. Try and settle your body down. I was like, oh, okay. And then during that process, man, I had to do something. I had to change something up, eh? And just went back to my old ways and just... Yeah, drop, let my guard down, man. Let my guard down. Um, welcomed it in. Uh, accepted what what is. And got rightfully what was mine. How, yeah. like, uh, how much, like, everything's tattooed the same as, like, in the, the Samoan tat? I think so. I'm not too sure about the Samoan uh, power, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. You said something also about the last five years. You said um, in the last five years of your career... Um, that's when shit started coming back. Um, well, can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, it's uh, just little things that will that'll get to me that I'd normally be able to, um, you know, manage and or block out or just carry on. You know, it was um, I don't know. I think because I, you know, everyone's got their tight tight team around them, 
suffered a loss and suffer, suffered a bit of a setback. And then uh, I guess I didn't like the, I know at the time, I didn't like to see my you know, friends and family hurt and I could read that they were hurt off my, um, off my sufferings. And I was like, oh, fuck, and, you know. And uh, kind of held on to that too and just um, let a lot of uh, expectations through and get the, get the better of me as well and um, kind of yeah it was a little bit harder for me man I just stay, started uh, taking on on board a lot of lot of stuff I wouldn't normally take you know um, and it really got to me these little hurdles these little little um, things that normally you know get over it pretty quickly and solve so, oh, sorry no please so um, we, we do you think you were adding a lot of pressures that were or were not there but to yourself yeah yeah like you yeah. were just you were obviously you're seeing your family and your friends so because i've lost before like as well you you don't want to go through that and you don't want you don't like the way they look at you yeah and yeah you you're just kind of adding that onto your own with the pressures that are already there yeah and so are you saying like in the in, in the last five years of your career you they were just building on top of one another yeah and and, and you, i guess you could say like you were your own worst enemy yep yeah exactly right man at the end of it man my <laughs> my headspace was pretty full <laughs> <laughs> but your for, for what it's worth like your career was pretty cool man like you had some yeah, yeah, yeah. good wins some yep. tough fights losses whatever but the, you had a good you had a good career yeah definitely man like the uh, the biggest achievement for me was uh, knocking down those fears from when I was a kid you know yeah had a lot man had a lot of limitations in um, martial arts freed me from a lot of that because you, you, were, you were a pioneer for the sport, for, 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 for people like me, you know what I mean? Like, um, growing up, I was watching you do your thing, and you find these big dogs from, from, from Australia and from New Zealand, like, from here, you know, taking on the world, uh, on the world stage. And, uh, you know, that was, that, was, that was super inspiring for, for, for young fellas like me, coming up. No, man, you know, like, uh, I guess, you know, the older generation, too, always... You know, paving the way for the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Well, me, I was um, following footsteps of uh, you know Mark, Mark Hunt, and uh, a lot of uh, Australian pioneers and New Zealand pioneers of uh, martial arts, fighting, boxing. Yeah. Ultimately, towards the end, James, you you had a uh, quite a few you, like so since I've known you, you've had some killer injuries, but some of the other injuries you've had like towards the end that culminated in the end of your fighting career. Uh, do you, can we talk sort of like backwards through like the some of the injuries that sort of what was the things that made you made it call it a day? Okay, uh, I had a lot of injuries through uh, probably in the last five years of my career. Um, the last fight that I had, I got I got knocked out. Um, I got sent to hospital and they scared me up. And a couple of doctors came out and go, all right, you, what we found is uh, you might have a bleed on your brain." And you've got a whole bunch of lesions, so you need to get a bit of a checkup from your neurologist. So then I followed that up and seen the the neuro, the neuro dude, and um, he, he told me, you know, he goes, yeah, there's no, there is a sign of, um, there may be a sign of a bleed on your brain, but um, there's no evidence right now um, that that will suggest that. But what you do have is a bunch of lesions, and um, lesions are. Like little, uh, they, could, they could be like similar to like a graze on your knee, um, but lesions can either have can affect you or they they don't, you know. Um, 
and they increase with age as well. So um, I think for me, um, just you know, hearing that news and and um, just thinking, okay, well, I've got to think about my next steps. Am I going to be? I've got to really, really think about my health because before something physically that hurt me was, you know, I'll get a fix and get over it and back on jump on jump on back on the. Uh, on path and have another fight but um this one here was something I, I then knew that I couldn't really mess with so had to choose my next steps wisely and um yeah quarter in a day I mean I've, I've done a lot so it's been a long time in the in the fighting world and achieved a lot and I thought okay I was I was in a I was in a happier place at the time and I accepted what what is and uh I spent the next few months trying to work out or trying to transition out of fighting into um, to my next uh, career, next path. So let me get, you're 34 years old and they tell you, James, you have lesions in your brain. What What's that feeling like? What What's your reaction? What's your initial go-to? Oh, man, I've done my, own, done my own research, you know. Um, looked it up and just the same weekend there was a boxer over in, in England who uh, lost by TKO walked out of the ring and then that night he fell into a coma for a couple of weeks and I thought fuck is that going to be me I didn't even know what to think and then all these thoughts came in my head and I was like oh man I just I don't know what's around the corner I um my uh what do you call side effects from that knockout loss was pretty bad too I've had some knockouts in the past um but this one was I was kind of repeating myself every Every hour, uh, I would forget what I was saying. I'll be in the middle of a conversation or talk about something, then I'll stop and pause and realize, fuck, what was I talking about? That was happening quite often. Uh, it took about a month to get over that. And uh, I knew I was quite aware of where I was at and what I needed to do. So I'd done my own research, man, and just look for ways to better myself and get myself healthy. So, so you were you were missing moments in time from from that headshot. Yeah, we were we were ringside for that fight. Yeah, we were. That was um, and so and so for about a month after you, you so, you, so say for example you might be talking here with us. Yeah. And then you would either repeat what you just said, or you just totally forget what you were doing, or why you were here. Yeah. So I'll be talking about a story, and then I'll stop, and then halfway through it, I'll think, fuck, I'll just start getting embarrassed because I just didn't realize what I was talking about. Fuck. And it was fucking so embarrassing, man. I was fucking scary out, more than yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it was happening a lot. That was in that month. That was the, um, the worst um, side effects I've had for, for my concussion. Yep. So that, that was like, so moving backwards, you had that injury you, um, and you called it a day. And you've had a whole bunch of other injuries leading through you. Not an injury, but correct me if I'm wrong. Right, correct me if I'm wrong with this. I saw you in Bondi once, right? Uh, Blake trained with you, then we left. Uh, we walked out of the gym together, and not long after that, correct me if I'm wrong. A plate glass window almost fell on you in Bondi, <laughs> and I, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, man. I um, it was I driving to um, I drove out to um, Eagles Gym, wrestling gym. It's in Bondi. It's in uh, amongst the um, all the shops and stuff. So I parked my car at the mall and uh, come up through the mall, then walked outside the mall, 
towards the um, the gym. And um, this, yeah, there's a 20 foot glass window, glass shop panel. It's like, it's pretty thick, man. Like it's, an inch thick. Yeah, it's popped out from its frame. And then pretty much, yeah, dropped on top of my head. <laughs> it dropped on your head? Yeah. yeah, it fell on my head. But it's like... Um, I thought it missed you. Yeah. No, no. How no, did it not kill it, you? Yeah, it got me. <laughs> but it's... Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Window, it yeah. landed on your head. Yeah. How are you alive? A 20 foot inch thick piece of glass yeah. hit you on your head. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't cut you? Was it and, um, from, from height? No, no, it wasn't from height. So it was from the... From the footpath, right? Yeah, so you're twenty foot. Yeah, so it's so, six meters, and then yeah, twenty foot glass yeah. shot panel, the real big tall ones, just pops down. Then did it did it shatter on your head? It, it or did came it just down hit the, you and just crush you? No, it, um, yeah, it come down, <laughs> come down on me, boom. <laughs> and um, the only effects I got from it, it, yeah, it rocked me hard. I went down to one knee, just, just, just kind of. There goes another concussion. Um, I looked up. I just tried to, I freaked out, I didn't know what happened, I looked up and I'm kind of dazed and confused and there's a bus stop right there, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, there's um... Oh, so it kind of put you out? Yeah, man. But it, it didn't like break? A, you know, it broke, it broke on top of me and shattered and everything else. It didn't else. cut you? Um, I got, yeah, cuts, I got, had safety glass in, that, in, the, in the back of my neck, I got taken to hospital afterwards, they had it plucked out. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it was funny thing was, it was four o'clock in the afternoon, these people, you know, finishing up from work and just walking around and they're like, oh, you're right. And I was like, the first um, response I gave was, it wasn't me. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> who's, who's responsible for something like that? Um, so it was the, um, the shopping centre, yeah. Yeah. Oh my good God. But... Um, do you now own that shopping centre? Yeah, we worked it out. We worked it out. But yeah, man, it was a, like a freak accident, you know. It's um, yeah, I was just walking past the shop pen, uh, the shop window, the shop front, and there's an old lady, an elderly woman, and her uh, must have been uh, granddaughter walking in front of me, and people walking behind me, and it was like a, a couple of meters space in between me and the, the next group of people. And it just come out on top of me. So there was yeah, witnesses everywhere. There was um, yeah, people inside the shop and they're like, couldn't believe what just happened. It was just my luck, you know, one of those things. You know, it's one of those things that's like, thank God it was you. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, like, it's, you know, yeah. if it happened a little happened bit earlier, bit, hit that. someone like Fab was walking under <laughs> He wouldn't be here right now. I'd be dead. <laughs> are, are, both, are both your parents Islander? No, no. So my father's Maori and my mother's um, New Zealand so, white. So the, the, the head... Your dad saved you with that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Fucking yeah, hell. Man. How, how did that... How? I how still can't believe... Out? How the fuck did you not die? That's what I... Like... It just hit you like... And, and shattered... Because I was telling this story just before I came here to someone about that. I was like, I'm going to ask him. Because I think it was like a week or two before that I'd walked out with you. And I would be dead. But... And I was thinking like... I don't think it broke on him though. That's what I was saying. Was, uh, to him, but no, it broke on you. Yeah, yeah it yeah. hit you. I thought it almost hit you. Yeah, no, it got me, man. It got me. It's got yeah. I got little scars on the back of my bloody neck. Um, but he yeah, got taken to uh, St Vincent's Hospital straight after they um, police came in and the ambulance and they taped off the whole road, 
the whole street and <laughs> was a murder scene. scene. It was uh, <laughs> it was all over um, Seven News. <laughs> the, the <laughs> Six o'clock. The only thing at time I've seen that before was in like the movies like Final Destination. Ridiculous. I didn't think I didn't think things like that happened. Oh yeah. And another injury thing that I remember was um, you broke. I think it was an Eagle Procryak fight. You broke your arm, right? Which we'll talk about that in a sec. We'll sort of come moving backwards because you broke your arm. If this is correct me if I'm wrong, then you had surgery on that arm. Then you got an infection in that arm. Yeah, yeah. I um yes, I was, yeah broke my arm. Had a plate inserted. And then uh, will be probably about four months after when I thought it had healed. I started um, training jits. And then one of the boys just kind of like gently rolled on it. So I bumped it a little bit and I thought, nothing of it. Okay, so the next day... Did it hurt, but? Oh, yeah, a little bit. And then the next day, um, next morning, early early hours in the morning, um, broke myself up, tremendous pain. Felt like my arm was pulsating. Um, took myself into the uh, hospital. And then spent the next uh, four or five days in there. They had yeah, surgery to clean it out. Got an infection in there. So... You found out later that you got all these bugs in your in your stomach, you know, good bugs, bugs, bad bugs, but they they're all there to do something. Um, these bad ones got out and went towards the um, the foreign object in my body, which was that plate at the mm. time, and then just you yeah, had a good time in there. So, so if um if your mate didn't roll on your arm, you wouldn't know that the infection was there. No, well that must must have aggravated, or maybe that brought blood to the um to the area that the the plate was in. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but the bump had something to do with it. The next morning, yeah, woke me yeah, up. Yeah, you could have aggravated it, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Wow. What, uh, the Eagle Procryak fight, that was a crazy fight. I think, was that, uh, was that, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the first Australian or New Australian, New Zealander to win a fight in Australia? Is that correct? Would that, uh, I think that might be the stat. Yeah, I think so, Because I think yeah. Elvis was the first guy... First Australian to win a UFC fight when yep. he beat Jeremy Horn. Yeah. But I think you were the first Australian to win in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their first card in 2010. It was a, the very first fight in the undercard. Um, yeah, man, I was a, had myself uh, mentally prepared for that fight. I thought no one would be there, eh? First fight in the card, undercard, man, you know? Started like 9 or 10 in the morning. thought no one was going to be there. It was going to be like probably... Your mum and a couple, yeah, yeah, couple yeah. of friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, not even a, a quarter full. Um, walked out there, man. Everyone, every seat was full, man. Everyone had their bums in their seats cheering me on. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Does that affect you? Up, but, um, oh, yeah, it did at the time. Uh, just these lights and just a new environment, you know, the first time in the UFC. And I pictured something else. I pictured the, the crowd being empty, you know, being empty and everything else. But, um, yeah, walked in there and... Next minute, I'll come back to my senses. I wake up. I'm on my hands and knees, and Igor Bukarak's on top of me, punching me from the side, and just realised because oh, he dropped you with that yeah, right yeah, hand yeah. right at the start. Yeah, he got me. <laughs> well, all right, better start fighting now. Yeah. And uh, sorry, please. What year was this? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Was, this is in Sydney, right? Yeah. yeah. That funny, funny fact. That was the first fight. UFC fight, MMA fight I had ever seen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, um, I, I, had, a, I had a friend, Anthony Cairns, like, shout out, that was working the lightings and the screens at the, the stadium. 
and, and his company had a box and he gave me some tickets for me and my dad to go there. And that was the first event I had ever been to, ever, ever, ever. And it was amazing. I remember your fight, because as you're telling me, uh, I, I remember watching it. And uh, yeah, that was a gutsy fight. That was a crazy, crazy fight. And, and, and you're exactly right. The crowd was mental. There was so, it was packed out. It was crazy for a first fight. Yeah, yeah. Like from the start to the end, like all the seats row, the, the stadium itself was amazing. It was, it was absolutely lit. And um, that, that, yeah, that was crazy. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. But no, <laughs> we're having a conversation here. Yeah, that was, no, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's a, mind boggling for me because that was the first event I've ever, ever been to. How that old was, were you? You would have been 18? No, yeah, 20. 20. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, un- like, it was like an unreal moment watching like the, the UFC, like the, the big lights, the big show, and, and watching you get in there and, and performing. And well, just the, especially for your fight, your fight, that, that fight that night was gutsy as. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was a tough fight. Now you've got your arm broken in that fight. You blocked the kick and yeah. he snapped your arm, yeah. broke the ulna. Yeah. He, um, yeah, well, I remember. That's horrible of him to man, do that. It, it was the last round, it was yeah. the third round. You know, we we're both tired. We we're trying to give everything that we had to try and finish off each other. I had a hard time. I suffered a couple of concussions <laughs> <laughs> early on in their fights, uh, but got saved by the bell. And then he came out third round and just had to turn it up, man. And uh, we we're both tired and standing in front of each other. And he's popped up a head kick, and I've seen it coming towards my head in the last minute. And kind of put one arm up to block it. The next minute. It's um, snapped and realized it was, um, you know, something's not good. Something's Did you broken. know straight away it was broken? Yep. I knew yeah, straight away something was broken and um, had to do something about it really quick. Um, I took him down and he was so tired, he, you know, he, um, he was trying to defend himself and I had him, had him down in a crucifix position and started like throwing punches. You were hitting him with that hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't much in a punch. It was a pretty much. A, it, was a, it wasn't a rock. It was a sponge. So I was, I was hitting him with a sponge. You're giving him a times. sponge bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was giving him a sponge. All right. And, um, the, I heard the ref say, you know, to Eagle, to the other guy, protect yourself, otherwise I'm going to stop it. So as soon as I heard that, I went to town on the sponge, and then <laughs> it was too tight to defend himself. He was there and. I seen his eyes roll back at one stage and then come back too and he's bang, 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 bang. He wasn't doing nothing. And then he, um, he sponged him, man, sponged him. Sponged him and to then, death. Um, the ref stopped it and then pulled me off and declared me as a winner. And I won that fight with a sponge. Mad, good. People don't realize this, but like when, when you break an arm or a hand, um, like uh, it hurts. You know it's broken straight away. You know something's wrong because it just doesn't work properly. But you still throw it. <laughs> But the problem is, like when I broke my hands, like it's useless. It's like this. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like you can't do anything. And I'm picturing him because he had a break here. I'm picturing him. His whole arm would have been cracked. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been like this. You were still rolling his eyes back in. <laughs> you were still, yeah. still half knocking him out with it. And he was rolling his eyes back because it's that tight, I think. It was just from exhaustion. <laughs> Painting. <laughs> he he's, he's, he was he was like a pop star too in Croatia. Right? I think so. He's a singer or something. Eh? Yeah, he was yeah. a singer. Oh, wow. So man of many talents. Good on him. Do you, do you ever have you ever seen him or anything dealt with him? Oh uh, no, I've seen him every now and then after the you know 
through those uh, UFC summit meetings that we all been through. Um, yeah. How, uh, uh, is he a guy that you've always been cordial with, like been good with? That yeah, after fights? yeah, yeah. Do you ever harbour resentment towards people after you fought him? Nah, man. Like a no, nah, it's always. I think you know because we we both know that we've been through been through hell before the fight, so we all we know that we you know we share something together and get in that that um the cage and then let it all out and afterwards, man, it's just like a, a release of. Uh, of all that build up, you know, and just like a, an honor amongst yeah, warriors. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yeah. So, have you, have you, because you, you weren't <clears> a trash talker, but did you ever have people that would aggravate you before a fight? Did you ever have that sort of experience? Nah, nothing that I can, can recall, nah. So, you went through your whole career without it? Yeah, man. Nah, oh, sweet, eh? Just, the internet, tro- just the internet trolls. <laughs> there may have been, I don't know. Maybe I didn't recognize it. You know, after that fight, um, I remember I was uh, I was at fucking TAFE at Macquarie Fields TAFE because I was working there, and there was a guy and he was like a like a I, I don't want to say where he worked because like you know we might track him down, and, and he said to me, "Do you know the guy that fought in that?" Da, 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 and I said, "Yeah, I do." He's not a, you know he's good on him. Da, da, I don't know. I said fucking something that you would just say like a normal person, and he proceeded to tell me how wrong you blocked that kick oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and um i was sure i told him i was sure to pass it on and then i had a very important call and i sort of walked off so james mate bad blocking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got that a lot i still get that now eh? yeah yeah people are telling me what i should you know you shouldn't shouldn't do and it was uh yeah it was the last minute thing you know just caught it uh, put one hand up one oh, hand, fuck, dude, one hand, yeah, one arm's better than arms. <laughs> I'm still mind blown here because I remember if you what, saw the guys a fat trading. No, nah, told me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still mind blown because I, I remember that fight. I remember that guy coming in and hitting you with that right and you dropping, and I thought you <laughs> yeah, were dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I, like, I was like, oh, like, but you just you got through it. You you got back up, and, and it was like. <laughs> And I was like, "Wow, that is that is gutsy." Because that that was a clean hit, and you guys right on the chin. That was a, that, that's a light heavyweight. You guys are big. He was big. To like you, people don't realize like the shots hurt much more the bigger you are. <laughs> yeah, man, he he got me good, and uh, you know, as soon as I dropped to the ground, I, I woke back up. My eyes are straight, so I was able to compete again. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as your eyes are crossed, that's when you have trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just straight for the double. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as you get dropped, a straight single. I'm a wrestler, all American. What um, what's your hardest fights? What's been your hardest fights? Um, to deal with pressure and whatnot. Not necessarily in the UFC, wherever. But what? Oh, it would have been that fight in New Zealand, that first uh, UFC fight in New Zealand for me. I guess I was, I was gonna, Marco. I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna say that. Like, what, yeah, man, why is just, that? Um, you know, it's always been a childhood dream from, of mine to, um, you know, fight in, uh, in front of your in front of your people and, and they made a home crowd big and, deal about it. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. And it was like, just a, it was because you were there not, too. You were, yeah, I was around you at the time, yeah, so yeah, I could yeah, see. Yeah. But I was I was only an undercut or something there for that one. But like I I could I was around you a lot that time, and I could see the way, like the media and the promotion and and everything, like um. Was was putting on you the amount of pressure and props they were, they were putting on you for that? It was uh, yeah, it was 
it was almost unfair <laughs> like because they, they were there was there was so much there was so much being the first card in in, in new zealand and, and and all that it was just yeah I, I can't imagine how 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 hard it would have been to deal with that amount of pressure to be honest yeah it was for me man so, I just so it was more well, sorry so just to clarify because you've been around it was more than what you've generally seen for someone like say for example when you've main main evented yeah the, james had to suffer a lot more than that or no or experience a lot more is yeah in terms yeah definitely like i i was i was like the, in my last fight i was a headliner is the chicago card it was a big card as well but I, it still doesn't compare to the amount of, of publicity and promotion and and hype that were it wasn't about the card as a whole as it was so much as just like pumping james up like for that that fight and it's just it's just a lot of pressure to deal with yeah it was yeah a lot of things came on board with me that time man just like injuries and this and that and little emotions in and and the, the pressures and um it was just hard to overcome you know yeah, hard I'm, for me to overcome i remember as well as like on top of all that pressure you were dealing with on that fight which was more than usual, I'm going to say. Like, there was more than usual pressure. Especially when it's your hometown, first card in your home country. Like, gee whiz. And it's a, it is a, it's a small country too. So, it's like everyone's yeah. there too. And, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, culture yeah. of the country yeah. is like, we're warriors, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but um, not only that, but you were, were, were real unlucky at the time. You were dealing with a lot of little niggly injuries, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you cut weight. To 84 yeah, kilos 84 yeah, yeah. 84.9 that would have been fun to watch because like <laughs> if you're just like sitting here like this and you see james a lot bigger than rob and rob has problems get not problems but it's not easy to get down to 84.9 had how did you manage that one um had uh dean Emersinger. he's um he had a lot of experience with uh athletes to drop weight um so he come over he helped me with that and uh plus i you know given that target too i knew that i was pretty disciplined to get that um the weight down i knew i was going to get to that weight um it was kind of kind of tough at the time too you know all these pressures and hurdles a lot of stress coming on board and i was eating fuck all but then a few days after of a clean diet i'll you know go to the bakery and have a piggy out on on pies and all the good stuff in New Zealand, <laughs> and then uh, was that was that after the fight? No, nah, that was before. So I was leading up to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the Dean Amersinger, the guy that he, he came in the week before to make all prep all my meals and everything and make sure that I was on track. So he's around me twenty four seven, right? So he's he's um he put me on the scales every morning, all right? Ninety kilos. Next day, eighty nine point half, and so on. So I'm, so I'm slowly dropping down, and then. Another morning, I'll we'll jump on the scales, and next minute, I'll be up like a kilo. I don't know <laughs> like, how. What's going on? I'll go, oh, yeah, don't know. I remember I'll you, make it, though. I'll make it. I remember it. you ducking out to go to the bakery <laughs> on the weekends. Like, I remember. I thought, what the hell is this yeah, guy doing? That was stress, bro. That was stress. <laughs> <laughs> but people will be on it and then get that. They don't get, like, also, if you cut weight, you might never want to eat Maccas. So you never eat Maccas. But when you're cutting weight and you drive through past Maccas or you walk through a food court and you go like that all of a sudden you want to eat like Maccas or shit Krispy Kremes shit that you would never eat I'm gonna go out on just a cutting weight just so you can't have it I'm gonna go out on a leg and says that, that James wants to eat bakery most of the time yeah. no 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 but that's bakery <laughs> but I'm saying about yeah. anything yeah. mine is Chinese food <laughs> 
I don't know why, but when I'm cutting uh, I wouldn't weight, say yours is limited to Chinese food. No, no, it is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I'm cutting weight, like the last three weeks of the of the of the cut, there there is nothing more I want in the world than Chinese food. Chinese food. Cool. I don't know why. I don't eat it outside of fighting, but yeah, it's weird. Oh, yeah. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. Like as well as like ha- how that weight cut is like it was hard, but it was also the first time you've had to actually cut weight seriously. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've always been like a light. Uh, kind of small like heavyweight as well yeah you kind of just you, you so never really cut you just kind of walked in or whatever. Yeah, yeah you fought Hector at a catch weight of 88 kilos oh yeah that's right yeah I did too yeah um, what was that like <laughs> it was a big learning lesson <laughs> 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 it kicked my ass in that fight <laughs> I took that fight on like four days notice or something and thought oh yeah you know my ego's through the roof at the time um, I was on a bit of a win streak and for 88 kilos yeah I can make that all good Southpaw, it's all right. It might be my first Southpaw. Won't be, you know, too hard to adapt to. We <laughs> 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 found out on the Friday within the first five seconds. Like, oh, okay, so that's what I. Um, you didn't know who was he like. was. Yeah, like I, I knew who he was. He fought overseas and stuff, but I just didn't really, you know, study him or just my ego was pretty big at that time. A lot yeah. of firsts in that Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took me to school that fight. He was my teacher. He's a he's explosive dude, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah. And he hits like a truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what? That fights him, man. You got to train to fight him, mate. You can't just. <laughs> no, you <laughs> need you need a because he generates so much power in like yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. those little sure. like yep yeah. yeah. And I've noticed like what, no matter what weight division he's in, he hits like a truck. Mm. Like he hits harder, dude. If you fought a heavyweight, <laughs> it's <laughs> and like and you, and you see all the dudes that um. All the guys that have been real successful um, have, have been like pick him apart, slow him down, stay on the outside until he starts to slow, until he doesn't have that explosive pop anymore. But yeah, but you got to get through that because yeah, most of the people wear it in the first. Yeah, you got to survive. When we saw him fight like Neil Magny, and yeah. I was like this this far away from it, like I was in, um, like we were ringside, mm. and he fought Neil Magny, and I thought I was thinking like. Am I going to get fucking charged if I witness this? Like, <laughs> and don't report I, it. Yeah, if I don't report this, am I an accomplice? Because he was hitting him. Credit, man, credit to Hector for getting off like that, and credit to Neil Magny for surviving that. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. man, he was hitting him like, like it was a like. I, I thought he was going to kill him. H- Hector put everything he had into that little explosive bout of like three. It was like a three minute free for all he but man they almost stopped that fight they almost like when we were close they almost stopped it so fuck I, but I like i'm just i'm just like uh i'm i'm flabbergasted at what that was because like everyone knows what it's like to sprint okay you sprint you give it all but at the end you can still breathe there's there's a certain level of giving everything you have that at the end of it you don't know if you're gonna die or not like <laughs> you can't breathe anymore you just and Hector got to that level because for the next two rounds, he laid on his back just taking deep breaths while Neil Magny was hitting him. Man, like, and, and he was fucking tough, man. Where, where is he now, Hector? I think, I think he's, he's still fighting, isn't he? He know. is. I think he lives in the States. He lives yeah, no, in, he, lived, right. he lives in, in Miami, but uh, I mean, he's, I think he's an American top team in that. And I think he's fighting at 185. He's just got a... No, he just lost to um, uh, Lionheart. No, he lost that Lionheart dude before that Lionheart dude went up to um, light heavyweight. Well, you know the guy that just knocked out Rashad? Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it a DQ? Was that the fight before? The one where he hit him after the bell? And then the guy... Yeah, I don't know. No, that was 
That was before that. That was before was that. Okay. Okay. Fuck, who was it that he that he hit after the bell? Yeah, he caught the leg and then went pop. Uh, CB Dolloway. After the bell. He hit CB Dolloway. And then Dolloway. he got DQ'd. Yeah. So that was a fight before, was it? I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a fight before and then he lost that fight against that. I cannot think of the guy's name and I don't want to keep saying that, what, that word. Lionheart. Lionheart. <laughs> but um, fuck what's his name <laughs> anyways he, he's gone up to light heavyweight and he just he just beat Rashad Evans mm. who, who what do you think of this fight um, with Tavares and Adesanya this, this weekend yeah um, have you dealt man. with Adesanya at all have you sparred with him no 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 just um, watched them a few times in New Zealand compete back in the day oh this would have been like four years ago Three or four years ago, when he was in the, um, in the kickboxing circuit. Just um, exciting, you know, from what I saw. Um, real trickster, fight on the bluff. Um, good with his uh, entertainment. He yeah, likes just, hyping it up, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just brings, a, brings the, whole, um, the whole package. He's an entertainer, yeah. And Tavares? Uh... I don't know. I haven't watched too much of him lately. Yeah, mm. he's, he's, his last fight was really, really good, really good. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think stylistically, this is going to be a very interesting fight to to, to see. I think Adesanya may will have the advantage in the in the stand up department. That's not saying Tavares doesn't have any hands, but I think Adesanya is more comfortable in the kickboxing realm. But I think Tavares brings like that cage pressure, the pushing him up against the cage, the takedowns. And uh, I, th- I th- like I think, I think like he, if he if he can get his game plan to push him up and control the fight and take the fight to that kind of grindy, that grindy takedown wrestle uh, wrestle grind, then maybe Tavares takes it. But that's uh, he's got to close that gap where Adesanya is so dangerous, which is that that striking realm, you know, that that kick and punch. What do you think, Eloy? Um, I don't know. I like Tavares. I've always enjoyed him. Um, I don't know, I think he's got a bit of power on that too, but like Rob said, I think he's got to use that whole mixed martial arts, not just to stand there and try to do a mango balls of war with him, that sort of um, Islander style or Hawaiian style that they like as well, do you know what I mean? Prove who's more macho, I think, yeah, he's got to be smart about the fight. And, yeah. Tavares is a, real, is a really well-rounded fighter. Like he, he like he's, he's striking, grappling, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, like all of that is quite... Is quite um. They're all they're all good level. Yeah. yeah, they're all real high level, and he's fought some real high caliber dudes. Like he's he's fought like the the top top tier top tier athletes. So he's got experience under his belt with that high high end competition is as it, well. Is it easy but to get caught up in that that what I said that back and forth just then? Like um, if do you mean someone wants to stand there with you, you know the game plan to you can beat them whether it's holding them up against the cage or wrestling them or something. But is it Sometimes does your ego get the best of you and you think, fuck it, I'm going to stand here and, and just turn the fans on with him? Um, I'll let you answer this, James. Yeah, James. Or, That's it. Yeah, have, you, have, have you been in that situation where you, you've got a game plan, you're fighting someone who you know, might be able to out-wrestle or, or something like that, but it sta- stays on the feet because you, your egos sort of kick in and you just go, fuck it, we're just going to turn the fans on and see who... Who drops first? Oh yeah, no, nah, no, really. For, for me, it hasn't been my ego, but I've been in that situation. It's been, uh, oh, I guess, like, yeah, just so, so, so angry and just up for the challenge, you know. Yeah. Who and was that, that with? This person's been, you know. Oh, I don't know. Just I'm just thinking back to the times where I've been 
they put on the back foot and been um, copped a punch or two and just thought, you fucking, you know, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you. Well, you know, it's funny, but it's like, you, you're, that kind of fits into your game plan real well, but it's like, when, 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 it, when the fight starts to get messy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're real good at putting your chin down and getting in the pocket and just, and fighting there. Oh man, I was real good at, um, yeah, using my big sword and swinging for the fences, man. <laughs> <laughs> so to be, to be a good fighter, you've got to have a sword and have your shield. I don't have a shield, but just a sword, but the sword was fucking one big fucking sword. <laughs> I just swing the fuck out of it. In my opinion, like, uh, I don't know, if, if a dude, if I'm ever in a position where a guy looks at me and goes like this, you know, like to stand and trade, I'm going to try and shoot on him straight away. I'll go, I'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll just shoot straight away, low single. I'll just like, hold him down, just hold like. <laughs> 100% because like, like. Make sure he plants his feet up before you shoot the double. 100%. I'll, I'll plant my feet I'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'll just drop and shoot. And, uh, but yeah, I, like that's what I would do though, because I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not here to play. Yeah, you're games. there to win a fight. Yeah, not there like, to... and also I, I like I like being cheeky like that. I like being I don't know. I just I just find that much more fun than 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 anything else. Uh, the the thing with that, with that is as well. I I think at at is very 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 um, experienced. Like he's had, he's had a lot of MMA fights. He's he's very experienced as well in in combat in general. And I don't even know necessarily i'm not saying he can't but i'm not saying that he, um tavares may may not be able to just overwhelm him like that you know like he's uh, uh yeah he's he's very he's very weathered he's had a lot of experience for a lot a lot of fights he's had something like 50 something kickboxing fights at the sanya has like he's like he's only lost a handful of them and it's i don't know he's had fucking more fights than i've had arguments with people you know what i mean so It'll, it, it, I'm really looking forward to see it. I, I really want to see that fight. I think it's going to be a real interesting, interesting fight. If you had to pick, James, who would you pick? Uh, probably Israel because I've you know watched them a fair bit more. Yeah. And if you had to pick Rob, like, or, or would you just go like hey, what your thing was straight down the middle kind of thing? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm always kind of straight down the middle unless unless I train with you or unless you're like a I don't know. Unless, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of straight down the middle for this one because uh, I, I see, I see, both both fighters can 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 walk away with this win if if they push the fight in the direction they need to. Like I, I don't think I don't think Tavares beats uh, beats uh, Adesanya standing up, but I do see him beating him in the wrestle world. But then you got to take the fight there. It's it's hard. So I'm going to go straight down the middle. And you said Elohu. I'll go, I'll just be taking a shot in the dark. I'll go Tavares. All right, awesome. James, what, what stuff are you doing now? Like, what, what are you doing? What's your transition been like? So what, what, what's happening with you after your fighting career? Like, what, what's, what are you doing for work? What are you doing? Man, I, I, um, I mentor uh, kids or youth at risk a couple of days a week. And I uh, work with uh, a footy club doing their contact wrestling. Um, yeah, been pretty fortunate to do two things that I love doing, which is still being involved in um, in sports and uh, looking after kids and 
mentoring and guiding them in the right direction. Can you explain to us the concept of uh, mentoring youth at risk, what that entails, or what is youth at risk, like, et cetera, et cetera? So um, uh, these kids that I work with, uh, kids that have had a um, you know, um, rough upbringing and uh, just need a little bit of uh, guidance, and they help them along their path on their journey, you know, and um, being able to help help them, you know, manage um, emotions, good emotions, uh, positive emotions, and negative emotions, and um, and yeah, just to make sure everything's all all cool, you know, all good. Yeah. What's the what, what's the football stuff like? What are you doing there? What football team, etc. So I work with uh, rugby league, and it's a um, the, the club is uh, St. George Dragons. Um, I do their contact, their wrestling, or help out their, their tackle in the ruck. Um, they have been pretty fortunate to, to get the contract for that. Uh, awesome, awesome bunch of guys, man. And the, the staff, the coaching staff are really good dudes. I mean, everyone's on the same page. Everyone talks, everyone communicates. No conflict. Um, you know, as soon as I rock up to the, uh, to the club, Everyone comes up and you know says hello, greets you, have a conversation, and you know then we get to work. It's just a really good environment to be in. Eh? I'll always look forward to driving down there, down to Wollongong, which is like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours drive. It's amazing when you deal with people and they run things professionally and it just like runs smoothly. Like for me, sometimes working in in certain environments and everything works when it has to. And Rob knows me quite well. Elo does rules like, like when people don't like, and I think like you're meant to do your fucking job. Why mm. aren't you doing it? Why are you fucking with my OCD? And it's funny when when you see that, and you go to a football team and you just watch it go pop, 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 and then they're doing well. Then you go sometimes to other teams because through the TAFE environment, not necessarily just rugby league, but other other sports as well. I'm not going to throw. Then you watch them and it just goes like, um, it's in fucking shambles. Yeah, yeah. And then you look, they might be doing okay that year in the ladder because maybe they just got a stacked side. But then you watch them over the next couple of years and you can almost say like, this team is not going to fucking win. And uh, I think it's even more prevalent with an individual sport. If like um, there's problems within your team, there's only because with the individual sport, there's only one outlet, mm. and it's you. Yeah. Um, have you, w- with that team management, w- what experiences and what uh, advice have you got for younger guys? Like what, what experiences have you had from that team management perspective in your own uh, fighting career? So having that trust, man. Making sure that everyone's, um, there's a belief in the system that it's going to work. Um, trusting each other, communicating with each other. That's a big one, communication. I think. Have you had situations where um, people are at odds with each other? Don't have to name people or yep. whatever. <laughs> yeah, lots of times. <laughs> that much? Uh, yeah. It's been a fair few. But um, it's it's important that you get that resolved by communicating. and and um, How much does it impact you as a, as a fighter, as an athlete? Oh, yeah, big time, you know, because I just um, go back to my being alone sort of thing you know just uh that's what that's the way it makes me feel you know if, I, if there's conflict in the team i'm like ah oh, fucking i'll just you know 
I feel like I'm alone I'm, I'm, I've got this by myself I mean a lot of the work is by myself but you do you need your team you're not 100% behind you um, and you got to trust in your team everyone's got to have trust with each other yeah but as soon as there's conflict man it, it does affect you how hard is it for um, you and Tama to work together not necessarily from a communication perspective Tama being your brother for people who don't know um, but is it hard for him to watch you fight and or slash lose or is it is it hard for you guys to communicate are you too close to communicate like in like what's that relationship like when one of us take a loss or something or well, when you're fighting and, and fighting he, yeah it's definitely hard i mean he's he's my brother you know emotions are strong with me and with him as well um so you know when I cop a loss, man, it hurts him, and I could see that, and it just hurts me even more. That's what I was talking about before. Um, same as him too. When he was competing, when he was kickboxing, when he got hurt, it's the same thing as me too, man. I just got you know hurt to the max. Um, so uh, how is he? How does he react to people when it goes even past trolling? Like say, because am I correct in in this as well? When you lost in New Zealand, was it in New Zealand? Did did somebody abuse you? Oh yeah, so I lost that fight and I was you know gutted and walked outside the cage and walking alongside all the fans and that. They're like you know there's a lot of fans are saying, "Oh, come on, bro, keep your head up, get your head up, bro, get your head up, stand strong." Just giving me heaps of support, you know. And walking past all the fans, and then walking to the tunnel with the um, the um, seating goes over the tunnel and there's a couple of fans there's a row of fans up above the tunnel so i'm walking through that tunnel underneath the fans and there's one voice that <laughs> fucking stands out and he shouts out you're fucking useless to hurt her and i'm like i'm you know i'm down on the ground and just felt like i just got kicked in the guts and I looked straight up and i just see a row of like 10 people i don't know who it was I just lost my shit. I won't say what I said, but <laughs> I lost it. And then Tom didn't know, my brother didn't know what went on. So he saw me lose it, and then he's lost it as well. He's grabbed the bucket and threw it at the, <laughs> the grove of 10 people. <laughs> the bouncers went to grab me, and I'm wrestling the bouncers, and um, Sully, one of the other, the other cornermen, he's went to uh, grab me, and I'm wrestling him, and just trying to figure out or call out who this guy was, you know? This guy didn't own up, man. He was Gonski, eh? Oh, really? He didn't oh, own up? Man. Fuck, well, I wouldn't, oh, man. I wouldn't have pictured that from such a brave fucking soul. Oh, I was so angry. He, grew, he got me that one. That guy definitely got me, eh? Yeah. How hard would that be for your brother too, to, to experience that? Do you, do you think it would be harder for him in a, in a way? Yeah, man, because he saw me, how hurt I was, you know, and prior to that fight, the lead up for it, you know? saw what was going on then had that results and just you know we're down on the ground and then just here comes someone the fuck is wrong with people boots kicking the guts <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with people eh yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's, they're, they're, all, they're already isn't a worse feeling than losing especially like when it's your livelihood you know what I mean like they're already that, that feeling of losing in front of your home country hometown people family and it's also your wage earner like that's how you make money mm. to lose is, is the worst feeling in the world and uh for someone to do that like you deserve to be fucking shot yeah like burnt to the stake <laughs> you know what i mean like you're a piece of shit um on on livelihood and whatnot i remember as well you used to have a, a reoccurring 
shoulder injury. Correct me if I'm wrong, you also have your, is it called the tamoko that's on your arm? Yep. And it's that arm. Yep. And uh, you would have that reoccurring shoulder dislocation occur earlier in, early in your career. And then you had a shoulder surgery done to it. Yep. Um, I'm assuming that you weren't on a great deal of money back then with your fights. Um, what was that like, balancing the little... I'm, I'm assuming you're getting a little money. You might shock me and say, no, at the local shows, I was getting three, four $400,000 a fight, um, plus ticket money. But um, how was that balancing that? Because you would have had to pay for the surgery or sponsors would have had to pay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you got the surgery, you got the rehab process. Yeah. You've got whatever you're earning at that junction in your life. How hard is that? Because people don't know about this stuff. They just think you guys are... It's hard, man. It was just, um, you know, sacrificing everything. Like, I, you know, I had a, I was fortunate enough to have a sponsor to, um, to pay for my surgery, and then I uh, got my shoulder fixed up. I was a bricklayer at the time, so I couldn't work. And I had to, um, what did I do? Oh, he sponsored me a bit more to be able to get myself to my back on my feet. After like five or six weeks, I think I started getting back on the tra- on the tools again and started working because I had to had to get some type of uh, what income. six weeks post shoulder surgery, you were laying brick for your rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't mu- there, you go. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't uh, much bricks going in, but uh, <laughs> but you were there. there. I was there. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was you know times are tough, but I made that sacrifice and I just had that goal, man. I was going to reach it, get myself a lot a lot better sooner. Um, got back on the road pretty fast. Um, had to. Uh, yeah, it was just um, something that I that I had to do. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal? Uh, how did you deal when you when you had like reoccurring shoulder dislocations in a fight? Because they had just come out, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you deal with the the possible risk of like say? injury leading into the future or or but disability did you did you think about that like did you was there things that went through your head oh in the future like yeah after fighting yeah um I, nah not really man i always thought about that you know people did ask me oh you're gonna have problems later on and i'm like i don't know i've always got in my mind that no i'm not gonna you know just the way that i think i don't think i'm gonna have problems later on i think i'm just yeah the way my mindset is, eh? Yeah, you got to do People this People think that now. I have arthritis in my knuckles and my hands and that. I don't, I don't think like that, like that eh? Um, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm pretty healthy now. I'm very healthy, actually. I'm there probably in a, in a, in a good stage of my life right now. Um, my body's good. I'm feeling balanced. Um, I feel strong. I feel, <coughs> you know, at peace. I'm... Uh, I feel good. Did you suffer a lot of concussions in training? <coughs> um, yeah, I did. A lot? Yep. More than what now you you think people do? Yeah, so the times that I were rocked, I count them as the concussions. So, so I, do I. <laughs> <laughs> but before it wasn't. It was a concussion to me was lights out and waking up like a you know, thirty seconds later or whatever on the ground. Um but the um, so when I seen that neurologist when I got hurt that time that made me retire, he asked me how many concussions I've had, and I said, "Well, 
I've only had two, or maybe three, before before fighting. <laughs> um, and he goes, okay, well, what about concussions and training? How many times have you been rocked? And I said, well, fucking lots. And he goes, well, they've, well those are concussions. He goes, can you give me a number? And I said, well, I've had two in competition. Fucking probably had, I don't know, say over 50 in, in training. He goes, all right, well, you know, you gotta, those aren't too good. They all add up. Um, just depends on the person too. Like some people can take a knock better than others. Um, some people can recover better than others too. Um, so, were you sparring a lot and very hard? Um, yep, I was sparring a lot and sparring hard. How often would you spar hard? Uh, two or maybe three times a week, leading up to a fight. Um, you know, sometimes I get rocked, rocked in a few times in a session, and then just um, I'll spar two days later or three days later or whatever, just continue on and shrug it off like nothing happened, you know, just get on with it. There was um, my how bad? At the time. How bad? Were you like at that at that junction? Were you like getting hit at training and like maybe kind of forgetting where you were sometimes or not? Was it affecting you to that extent? Yeah, man. I um I went out to um, Bulldog Gym. I was sparring with um, Stuart McKinnon, uh, kickboxer, and uh, I remember waking up. I remember actually. I remember hearing the bell, the buzzer go off, and then I'm walking back to the seat to recover and I'm, I've just come to just felt like I've just woken up and I sat down and I started looking around the place what the fuck am I doing here and my brother Tamo was there and I asked him I said fuck did I get rocked or something because it just I don't remember getting here I don't remember nothing it just feels like I've just woken up out of bed and he goes yeah well you, you got rocked um, a couple of rounds ago by Stu you got you over head kick but you kind of you know you stumbled a bit and you carried on I was like Fuck, how long have I been here for? It was like 50 minutes. I was like, oh man, that was pretty scary, you know, not knowing nothing, you know. That That's a huge, that's a huge concussion. Oh, yeah. And so you you suffered around, maybe at different degrees of severity, but you suffered maybe 50 of those? Yeah, yeah. In training? Yeah, easy. And uh, I'd imagine that that's quite prevalent with other fighters. Like I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I know that a lot of people spar very, very hard and that they spar regularly and I've seen footage of people sparring and uh, was that something you would change if you went back in your career? Yeah, man. Um, definitely uh, less of it. <laughs> uh, protect yourself, but everyone's different, you know. I think everyone's different, but um, yeah, sparring, man, you got to recognise the signs really early. Yeah, you got to be aware of, of what um, damage you... You can possibly take as well. I think it's really important if you've been rocked that you let someone know, let your team know that you've been rocked, and then. Um, but you have to have the team and the people around you that have the education to recognise what's yeah, occurring. Yeah. Because, like, say for example, it's not James, get in there, don't be a pussy, Rob. Because you're obviously not pussies. You obviously fight for a living, so you don't have to get any tougher. Yeah. Like you're already pretty tough. So I think you have to have the people that can recognise that that brain injury is real. Yeah, because I've had conversations with people, and they're like, "Nah, mate, that's it's all bullshit, mate." You just, you know, like I got hit in the head thirty times, and nothing's ever happened to me. And I'm like, oh, I doubt that's fucking true, because you're not as normal as you think you are. But all right, <laughs> but um, but even if it was him, it's exactly what you said. Some people can take the shots, yeah. and some people not not even can take the shots. There's everyone's got a limit. Yeah, yeah. Like you can obviously take a shot, but I think your magic numbers 
50. My magic number's one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a thing. I've never had to deal with that because uh, I, as soon as I get here, I'm like, yeah, that's not for me, mate. That's, I'm going to fucking go play uh, Blackgammon or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it's... Uh, and then there's also, I think, growing up just as a boy and notwithstanding the other information that you spoke about, but, um, yeah, it's football games you have, football games you have, like, in the in the front yard with your brother, like, that you take, or, or with your friends or with your cousin, you take a big shot, like, you get a headache, you know, and you grow up, they all accumulate too, you know, if mm. you, all of it, it doesn't, like, discriminate, the knock in the head is a knock in the head, and I think yeah. there was studies done with um, soccer players that play certain positions that take, like, they headbutt the ball over and over and over, and they headbutt it at training, and they headbutt it, like, um, you know, because they would take, it's not, when they're playing the game, that's not the first time they headbutted that ball. They must have headbutted that ball maybe 200 times throughout the week. Yeah. Every week since they're seven years old. And they found that some of them have had mm. that, like, like almost to the level of an amateur boxer. I don't want to butcher the stats, but it was something like that that, that I read. Yeah. Um, with the neurologist, the neurologist spoke to you about the, like, all those shots were in fact concussions? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, what I mean, all the shots, all the all times. All the shots that, that yeah, they sort of wobbled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they are all concussions, man. They were, um, they're all wet up. Um, you can't ignore them. Uh, Did you think, though, when you, like, stepped into Narnia after Stu kicked you in the head, <laughs> like, did you think this is not good? Because at the time, at the time, you didn't have, like, he hadn't gone to the neurologist yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Did you not think like, fuck? Oh, no, I just thought, okay, one or two days, I'll get over it and sweet. We'll be back on the um, horse again, you know? One or two days, sweet. Did you continue sparring after you went back to the stool? What so, are, oh. Yeah, after you sat down, you asked Tama, no, like, no, where, no, where no. are we? No, no, <laughs> no, no fucking, kept... I pulled out, I pulled the bitch <laughs> straight away, man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't going to go into it again. That was pretty scary for me, so I just, yeah, stopped right there. Yeah, to your defense, though, Stu's very good at head kicking. Oh, yeah, he's good at uh, <laughs> tricks. It. So are you. <laughs> Not as good as him. How, how um, have you had any other episodes like that that was similar to that where you got rocked in training or you got hit hard in training? No, there was something that really stood out, that one, yeah. But all the other ones have been, you know, rocked. You, you wobble, you're, like, still with it, but you're trying to regain your, your balance and get your eyes straight. <laughs> and your head straight and carry on with it that's an interesting thing i think for the young fighters that are coming up and for coaches that are that are working with with fighters and football players i think football is fucking bad man i've worked with um not necessarily i've worked with a lot of different football teams and that and i see some of the shots they take even at training when they do contact training yeah and yep. i think are we just ignoring this like i had to hold the the crash thing for someone because there was like an odd odd number it doesn't matter the team but they said can you hold it and i saw and i was like looking at i know what i look like you know i'm not one of those people that thinks it like delusional that i'm bigger than what i am and i was looking at and i was said to i went just, just i just went straight to the guy and i said listen he plays first grade this guy yeah i know the team too and they got very good big forwards so yeah i just said listen I go, don't hit the pad hard please i go sorry i, go, I cannot hold it for you I go, or i can hold it for you and you hit me gentle because you're going to give me fucking brain damage. 
<laughs> and that's very simple. And I was watching the shots that they're taking like bang. And their heads are going boom like this. And I'm looking at them going like. Yeah, man. They, they're collision. They're the best of the world at collision. 100%. No doubt about it. Eh? No. Man. But they're, they're, they're shots to the head. Like whether, you know, you know what I mean? Like people get it or not. Mm. It's, it's shots to the head. And like what you're saying with the neurologist, like all of those shots you know, when I see, I see um in junior football, and kids get like knocked out, and I'm looking at it, and they give them water, <laughs> and fucking put him back on there, and I think. Magic bucket, wasn't huh? It? There used to be a magic bucket with a sponge in it. Yeah, man, and, and not that sponge and magic sponge, and then oh, yeah, good yeah, again. Yeah, kids yeah. love it. Yeah. How how prevalent do you? Because you you boxed, Eli boxed and played uh, football, high level football as well. Um, how, how prevalent is that, the head trauma and that? Like, I guess now we're starting to be more aware of it. Yeah. But you would have come up as well in an era where that wasn't as big of a, it's, a deal. It's, it was funny that James was just saying before about all them all them um, times you get rocked, they're actually concussions. Why, do you know what I mean? When you're growing up, I grew up in Ballinham, we had a small little boxing gym and same thing. We used to just get in there with our mates to start with and just turn the fans on, do you know what I mean? Just go at each other, just trying to knock each other out every time we sparred and we'd... <laughs> We used to get there and like hate skipping, hate doing bag work. Do you know what I mean? When can we spar? When we can spar? Do you know what I mean? And then our coaches let us spar all the time. And yeah, the same thing. I guess I've never really thought about it too much. Probably until just the, yeah, the last couple of years when it comes up a lot more in conversation. Um, and then football, the same thing. I've been proper out of it on the footy field and stuff like that. And you know I mean? well, did they take you? They, did they take you off, or did they leave you on? And you I've were been left on plenty of times. And you and did you get through the game like not remembering the whole game? Did that uh, ever happen? Only only once I remember in Ballon. No, I got taken off that time. But all the other ones I remember, they were just like like you said, just getting rocked. Like you go like that, you sort of, and then you're back with it, no problem. So you continue on. Um, I think. I think. I think a big problem with that though is the culture behind the, yeah, the collision. Because like, That's correct me if I'm wrong, saying. but you would have been like, "Nah, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. Nah, I'm fine." Oh, Go you'd be the biggest here. pussy. Imagine you took a big hit up in football, <laughs> and then you went, uh, "Listen, I think I got a mild <laughs> concussion. Uh, there was a bit of a head trauma. Got a bit of a headache. <laughs> got a bit of a headache, coach. I need to sit down and have some oranges or something." <laughs> I'll be back next week, guys. <laughs> but I yeah, need no, sixty I'll... days medical suspension. I that was the first hit up of the game, but my head did rattle. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. So like, and all the all the all the guys like, you're not going to say that. So all the guys are just going like, they're just being flattened and they're out. As soon as you get up and you're with it, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good, coach. I'm good. Leave me here. And you just keep going, like, because that's the culture behind the, culture, the sport and, and the contact. And yeah. it's like. Yeah, for you to say, no, nah, my head's a bit sore. I'm going to sit the rest of this one out. Like, you will not play next week. <laughs> do you know, do you, you know, you know who uh, Luke O'Donnell is? Yep. We, yeah, he came and trained with me for a few months, well, or a couple of months. I played football against him when we were in high school, and he was like how he is now when we were in school. He's fucking hard out. Dude, and I was like maybe 70 kilos like maybe and i would have been that would have been jacked i would have been like to me in the mirror at home when i was there i would have been like i'm a monster and uh i remember watching he was playing it was the score was like maybe 400 nil or some shit i don't know but i remember watching him like that he was going to get the ball and i i knew he was going to get the ball i don't know what the for why i did this and he i ran and he ran and he got the ball and i 
I, I went to tackle him. And I, I did tackle him. Right? But it was more like he tripped over me. But he hit me so fucking hard, dude, that like, he will never, he doesn't even know who I am. I remember him for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like crying and shitting myself at the same time. <laughs> And I, I was fucking thinking like this. This game's not for me, man. Like I'm not, I'm not made for this. It was so bad. Man, I've actually thought about playing, eh? Now, well, at the start of the season, the start of the year, because I got involved in, you know, being a contact coach and doing, well, working with footy players. I thought, okay, well, I'll try and further my knowledge and you know, get the feel for the game. And I thought, nah, fuck that. If we come to my first tackle, some two things are gonna happen. They're going to get iced. I'm going to tackle them or bunt them off or I'm going to get iced. I think, yeah, I would have been the first person my, on the, uh, the bad end of a tackle. My, <laughs> my old man went up the, up the park to, um, on the weekend and watched the over 35s play. And, <laughs> Your dad. And, 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 uh, Big Jack. Yeah, and um, Bring me back. <laughs> I, I, almost, I almost know this with, with absolute certainty that I'm going to be playing when I'm over 35. You reckon? Uh, 150%. I missed the game too much not to. Have you seen how them old guys play? (laughs) Over 35s? There's a a system where you wear different coloured shorts. They have all four. Sorry. Tell tell, tell the story. So if you're from 35, I think, to 40, you wear normal shorts. um, Or maybe it's to 45 and you're allowed a full contact and everything like that. As you get older, you wear different coloured shorts, depending on the league and stuff like that. But one of the guys was, they have it up home, golden oldies and that they'll call it. Um, Alex Prates, this is for you, Alex. Yeah, they, they have <laughs> guys who are still 70 and they wear red shorts. You're not allowed to tackle them. They'll either have Oz tags or they just tap. But do you know what I mean? And there's all, there's all different rules for depending on what shorts you wear. So you can wear green shorts or do you know what I mean? I don't know exactly which shorts you wear for the age. But I was talking to someone the other day and um, he was saying he plays in it. And sometimes you get these old 60-year-olds that are still old hardheads. They're out there in their red shorts. But then when you carry it up, they go in there swinging arms, trying to get <laughs> reliving the old days. Do you know what I mean? So fucking yeah. Lee, the guy. Yeah. A shout out to Lee Evans that trains with us. He's like forty-eight or something. He plays rugby union like full hard out. Yeah, this wasn't bluebell crazy yeah. guy. What, what you're describing wasn't what, what was good guy. Wasn't what my dad was watching on the weekend. Oh. No, this this was just playing park football every single weekend. But then the difference was like nobody wanted to go on after they went off. And like, yeah, yeah. like it was very slow paced, uh, but I, I almost know with certainty that I'll be playing over thirty five football. Like I just, I just want your to. dad also put on that. I remember the the, the game because he put a, a status on what, what do you call it when you put something on Facebook? Status, status, yeah, yeah. And he said that uh, you wouldn't be able to play because you can barely get twenty five minutes out of you, let alone eighty. Oh, wow. Did you really say that? He did. (laughs) 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 Did you? But you played rugby, eh? Yeah, like grew up in New Zealand, born and bred in New Zealand. So everyone, it's it's religion over there. Everyone plays rugby. Where do you play? Uh, In the North Island and the South Island. So North Island near Hamilton. Yep. Little place called Tekofata. And uh, near Queenstown in the South Island, place called Alexandra. Tiger, yeah. I have a question for you because Eli's been trying to track this person down. We're not sure if it is you or not. Did you, in what, what year would it have been, Eli, in the late 90s, chop down a fucking pole? It would have been 2000 in Rotorua, it was. Did you chop down a, 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 a goalpost with a chainsaw? Who, me? Yeah. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> 
Uh, tell the story. So. No, so we went to play, we went over for New South Wales Country and we were doing a rep tour of the North Island. We went to Rotorua first and we were meant to play on the field one, but the goalpost was all hacked up and bent over and stuff like that. And they said, oh, we asked what happened there and that. And they said one of the parents got so angry at the game, he walked home, got his chainsaw and came back and went at the, went at the goalpost. <laughs> wow. Because we're talking about how hard it is being a ref. And I, said, I was just explaining how much they love rugby over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how angry you have to be to walk all the way home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the way back. Yeah, walking yeah, back was the hard part. 100%, 100%, I'd go home angry, but by the time I got home, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah. I can't be bothered walking back. Yeah. Or, you know what? When we were talking about the contacts and how ridiculous sometimes the sport is, I remember playing, I remember playing, and it was the first hit up. It was like semi finals or something. It was the first hit up of the day. It was, it, was, it was in the under 20s, and it was off the kickoff. And like the. The, the guy got it and he passed it to the forward, the prop at the back, and he went for the massive hit up. It was like a 40 meter hit up. And the first hit up was like seeing two two cars like just collide. It was it was it was just like boom. And one went flying this way, one went flying that way, and our player wasn't moving anymore. And they stretched him off. And 60 minutes later he comes back. Nah, they put him back on. He comes back on. <laughs> That's good practice. With bandages and shape. <laughs> <laughs> all around his face because <laughs> apparently like in the in the collision their heads collided and he got like a gash all the way down his head so they just taped his head up let him get over the concussion and then he's back on taking hit ups again and uh like just thinking about it nowadays of what we know and the sport we're in i was just thinking like wow the one the one that i said about my concussion i got a split there when i did it i played rugby union on the saturday and then on the Sunday, I went and played rugby league after the concussion. And I had it wrapped up and that had a headgear on. Ah, headgear will yeah. do it. Headgear will oh, look after it. You Good. get knocked out no, for a bit. You're wearing headgear for two weeks no, afterwards. The problem was they, the, we played at Evans Head and they used, to, um, they used to water the fields with ball water. So it got infected and I had like a stuff infection from, from it. <laughs> Put me up for a couple of weeks. So, Fuck me dead. Concussions. The yeah. good old days. The good old days too, because they, they wouldn't. Oh, I would have been soft yeah. if I didn't play on the Sunday. No, you would have been a dead set pussy. You guys man. ever play on the fields that like um, it was like fresh after after summer, and like the cricket pitch. I was about to say the cricket oh, pitch no. was just was just like, and there were some fields that were so crap, like they they just like throw a little bit of dirt on it, but it, it was like still there. Like still there, yeah. and I remember going for a run, like making a break, and then the the fullback got me around the legs, and I hit the pitch and slid for about ten meters, and I I had like road <laughs> road rash from my foot to my chest, and it was like bad gravel rashes, astroturf burns in it, like little gravel in there, it was, it was like the worst. I just remember like like every weekend it was a different pitch with yeah. different it was just crap. Where would you have played? James, if you were going to play, yeah, and they, on my teens, I was in the um, the deep south, so I used to get up to like I grew up in the um, the, the Southern Alps in the middle, Alexandra, okay, Otago, and it got pretty cold, bro. Like got down to like minus five, minus ten, minus twelve degrees, and like we'll be the you know thirteen, fourteen years old, we'll play like ten, eleven o'clock. Did you say morning. minus twelve? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not fucking coming out of the house, but go on. Yeah, same thing, man. Like we have our boots on, and just the sprigs wouldn't go into the ground. It was just the ground just felt like concrete, you know. And you get past the ball, and you get the ball, and you palm off to someone else. No one wants to hold the ball. No one wants to run the ball, eh? No one wants to get tackled. Fuck. It was fucking freezing. How how'd you end up there? How'd your family end up in in 
Um, so I grew up in Te Kaufata in, in the North Island and then moved down to the South. Just my father was, I don't know, just a change of scenery, I guess, like bounce around, you know. So we end up in the South Island uh, next to his sister's uh, place in the same town. Yeah. Did you live in a, so was it a rural community? Yep. So it's very quiet? Yeah. So what was the trajectory for you from there to Sydney? Because did, did you, like being from a small town, did you get up into trouble in that? Did you? Nah, man, I was always, you know, always behaved. I never misbehaved, just scared that I'll, you know? Yeah. You know, get it. So um, you always behaved, man. Uh, that town that was in the Southern Alps, man, there was a lot to, to do there. There was a lot of country, um, hunting, um, just a lot for us to do. There was a boxing gym there, so that's what I started my martial arts, my my training. So I've done a lot of that to keep myself busy. But uh, making the change from Alexandra that probably had a population of 5,000 people at the time to uh, Penrith uh, back in 98, 99. Um, How and why? I'm so did your brother play football? Did he come here to play football? So Tommy came here first. And then because we're a tight family, mum, dad and myself moved over a year later to Sydney. Okay. Just a new experience. He was playing football here, bud? Is that why Summer he moved? was... Uh, no, he just wanted... You know, he was 19 at the time and, you know, a lot of Kiwis come over when they're young and a lot of opportunities over here. Yeah. Was it a big shock for you coming over from nah, New Zealand? Man, like- oh, 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 not really because I was with mum, dad, my brother. So, you know, I was um, yeah, willing to adapt and plus we'd moved around to a few places in, throughout New Zealand as well. So... It wasn't really something new to me. Did you like the city? Did you like the fact that it was busy and whatnot? Yeah, it didn't didn't really bother me. No, it didn't didn't bother me. Bother me. I just adapt, you know. Just adapt and yeah. Are you into um, muscle cars? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, there's a lot of money. I, I don't know anything about cars. There's a lot of money going to the muscle cars. Yep. You got a real passion for it, and I had a passion for muscle cars for so many years, and now I've, I've yeah, lost that passion, so I've moved on to something else. Oh, you don't have it anymore? No, no. Can you can you take us through like that? That, that like what? How much? Like what kind of car was it? Ah, uh, so I had XYGT replica of that uh, F100. Of it, a big fan of uh, 1970s muscle cars. Um, I guess from you know, my upbringing, like brought up in the 80s. Um, old man had like 70s cars he said cruise around in and um the guy that i was my old boss that i used to work for when i first came to australia he had old muscle cars too so just uh been around that scene and and got into it sort of thing you know had a passion for it at the time what's taken its place um i guess coaching man i love coaching eh? yeah love passing on knowledge man because when i was um when I was after that knowledge, I'd do, you know, it was always a little bit tough for me to find out, you know, I was always willing to learn. So now I'm that person too. I'm also, I'm, you know, a student as well. You know, I'm always learning new things and passing it on. So yeah, to pass on knowledge, man, is great. All right. Um, any questions for James at all? No. no. I just, can you tell us a little bit then what you've got going on now into... Just wrapping this up now, like what things have you got coming up or where can people find you for coaching, for anything like that, that you do, do, like 
Yeah, you can find me on uh, um, on Instagram, man. I close my Facebook account, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, we've got a couple of speaking gig- gigs coming up too. I've spoken a couple of times in juvenile centres here. Um, you know, sharing my story and overcoming pain and suffering. Um, and I'm having currently having someone help me with that for that process to structure proper, properly put into structure and and framework around it. And um, yeah. Make the um, progression to those uh, more speaking engagements so I can get better at it. Okay. Excellent. Well, James, thank you very much for coming out. And I know you're very busy. And thank you for coming here. Thanks for inviting me, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you.